Ladies and gentlemen, it is Mike. I am here with the very talented Angelo Diaz, global ambassador, actor. I'm missing anything? What else? What else I got on it? What else? <laughs> How does it feel, man. my brother, to be here in boutique New York Fashion Week, man? Bro, this has been lit, man. It's really, it's really crazy seeing it like come together the way it has in the sense of having a whole team that trusts us, having a whole team that we trust, that feels empowered in their positions, like. You know, as a startup, when you first starting out, like we started back in 2020, in the sense of our first event for Boutique Fast Week. Facts. We've been doing this for a minute. But Boutique Fast Week started in 2020. Me and Frank, you know what I mean? Uh -huh. And our family and friends doing everything, like moving chairs, getting the venues, getting the insurance, doing the paperwork, sending the emails, doing the castings, cleaning up afterwards, getting the snacks, running people back and forth, doing everything we possibly can. Now it's to the point, like, you see it? I just walked in. Facts. It's yeah. like one some p.m., almost two p.m. I just walked in this joint, and everybody's going. Like the rehearsals are happening as we speak. So if you hear the heels clacking and clicking, everybody moving, that's because they doing the runway as we speak. Hair and makeup is going on as we speak. The chairs are being set out. Vendors are getting set up, and I just walked in. I know Frank been here all day type situation. Facts. You know what I mean? But Facts. even then, Frank ain't doing all this. He just can sit down somewhere and people can come to him and ask him, what's up with this? What's up with that? So it just feels good to get here. That's We definitely bent the corner, and we're close to bending a whole another corner that's going to take this to M's, you know what I'm saying? Facts, facts, yeah. Like, like I've known, I known JT for 12 years now, so just to facts. see him, just a PFS ran period, just to I, see I, it I forget, he's not Frank Mill right yeah. here. He's JT right here. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you know, hey, man, listen, I call him, <laughs> I call him JT. Y'all know him facts. as Frank, but, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that's so my brother, man, I'm, so we know him as JT. Before Frank Mill was ever created, yes. he was JT. He was JT, yes. Yeah, he was something yes. else. His birthday is <laughs> something else before he was ever JT. <laughs> but you got to ask Shakira about that, you hear me? Facts, facts, but, um, I'm just very proud of y'all, man, and just to see the growth and the hard work that y'all really put in. I can tell it's a passion behind it, man. So let the people know where you're from, man. Man, I'm originally from Miami, Florida. I do have a lot of Duval County in the mix. That's where I went, like, my high school years, Jacksonville, Florida, and I love those two places, man. That's home. And right now, Atlanta is home as well, as well as L.A. So I be all over the map. Atlanta, L.A. is where my journey led me to in a sense of, like, acting, writing, directing, producing. But I really love Atlanta. I love making a home out of Atlanta. It's like a big future there, man. It's, Atlanta's different now, it's bro. Different. It's like a lot of Fortune 500 companies moving there. A lot of diversity, too. A lot of diversity, bro. A lot of Silicon Valley companies moving there, financial tech companies moving there. And not just moving there in the sense of like taking advantage of it, pimping it, squeezing it. Like companies move to Miami because they love Miami, but they're not necessarily pouring into the culture. There's something about Atlanta that has gatekeepers, like the mayor's office, whoever's in the mayor's office, the governor. They're always doing what they can to make sure that any companies that come into Atlanta, they're tapping in, they're paying respects in a real way. They're contributing to the HBCUs or they're recruiting from the HBCUs. The movie and entertainment industry and TV industry, the way it's been booming there, but now that tax break took it to another level. The rap Thanks. culture been there for a minute. Yes. The civil rights movement is was always explosive there, always had a big base there. So I just love it, man. And I love where it's going. You know what I mean? It ain't the A no more. We be joking all the yeah. time. It ain't the A. It's Atlanta. Gotcha. Like, where you going? I'm going to the A now, nigga. I'm going to Atlanta. <laughs> <laughs> got you. Got you. So. And Charleston, man. Hold up. Big shout out to Charleston. Oh, yeah. 100%. Yeah, that's always. I college football. That's where I spent a lot of my military time. So that's a big part of our upbringing. That's where Pretty Fly Society was created, first and foremost. So shout out to Chucktown. 
Shout out to all my family there, my children, Aspen, Michael, Angel. I got a couple superstars down there that's waiting. To, <laughs> once they get decide they're ready to take over, man, it's a wrap. It's gotcha. a wrap. Y'all watch out for Aspen and Michael. 100%. So, ATL homicide. Yeah, man. Law and order organized crime. Yeah. <laughs> Soul ties. Where'd you get your inspiration to act? And speak about those projects in particular. Oh, man. Those projects have been dope, man. ATL homicide has been a real blessing. Um, I play a real-life homicide detective. He's retired now, but he really that dude. Like, he's 12. He's definitely 12 as fuck, but he's like a street cat. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And that's a mix that we really don't see glorified or we really don't see put up on the big screen. Like, he come from the streets. He still identifies with the streets to this day. And you can't tell a lot of streets in Atlanta that he's not part of their culture. You know what I mean? He's an older gentleman now, so he, you know, he live his life. He quiet. He family got everything. But he, when he was out solving homicides, man, he was a part of the culture. When stuff was going on that the community ain't feel right about with Black Lives Matter and us protesting and standing up and taking over the streets, he was right there. You know what I'm saying? Um, so now nah, it really means a lot. It'll do a lot for my face card, too, around Atlanta. Mm -hmm. Like, in the sense of what I'm able to do. I got different kind of goals. Like, the rah, rah, rah is dope. The red carpets, the like all this, it kind of comes naturally to me, so I pimp it. You know what I mean? 100%. But I got different goals with like community organizing, urban planning, economics. I come from it in a sense. You know what I'm saying? So like, that's ultimately where things are going. So playing somebody like David Quinn gets me a lot of respect within the politicians, within a different level of the community, which I definitely plan on doing a lot with that, for real. Got you, got yeah. you. So, even with uh, Soul Ties, speak about Man, that. Man, Soul Ties is crazy, bro. Soul Ties was such a huge blessing. I'm really proud of that work. I'm really, like, anxious and excited for that to come out. However it's going to come out, man, there's so many different opportunities at the table for Soul Ties I can't even, like, fully speak on. Got you, um, got you. Can you speak to a projection date that it may come out, or um, you don't know? Okay. This year. Okay. This gotcha. year. Yeah, we're done with all the filming. It's in post production. There's like a couple little things that we want to tighten up. So as soon as we wrap here, I'm probably gonna go back to Atlanta. I gotta grow my hair back out a little bit. See if we can tighten that shit up. <laughs> gotcha. But bro, like that soul ties is different, man. It speaks to like what's happening out here. Like, I always love when art reflect what's really happening in the world in real life. You know what I mean? And as a community, as a culture, as a people, we get more conscious about what we put in our body, what we eat, what we consume. Facts. Like what we doing with ourselves, what we listening to, what we watching, what we wearing, who we connecting with, who we sticking our thing thing in, or who we giving our punani to, because that creates a connection, that creates a soul tie. And uh, this movie speaks on that. Mm, okay, crazy. that's it's, different. It's, that's different. Yeah, I like, like that. I like that. It's a psycho thriller, dog. This psycho movie goes okay. into another bag, bro. This shit's crazy. And it's so many talented people that were involved in it that it's just like, I just feel honored. And to be able to be trusted with that kind of leadership on set that kind of like that kind of role is just i thank god for it you know got what I mean? you yeah. so being that you did do atl homicide you did do law and order so my question for you is was that kind of like a smooth transition as far as like the prep being that you already done something similar to that yeah it was man atl homicide is kind of a different bag you know there's levels to all of it yeah. So law, law and Order is a staple. That's a franchise. That's 100% like, a staple. Yeah, like keep the lights on, for real. They're one of those things that like really keep the industry going. That whole, what you call it, universe. Law and Order, Law and Order Organized Crime, SVU, all the Dick Wolf productions, man. It's so systematic. So to be able to do like a co-star role on that where I'm showing up for a day of work and I'm getting to soak in 
a production on that level was dope. And then to be like a lead or a face or one of the faces for a production on the level of H.O. Homicide was also dope. But it's also like apples and oranges. Because you're seeing, it's like, all right, this is what it looks like on this level. And then you go, not necessarily going up a level, but you're going into a totally different bracket. And you're like, oh, wow. You got hundreds of crew running around handling their yeah. business. And they're like leaving you alone with your mind and your business. You know what I mean? Well, ATL Homicide is a major set. It's uh, Jupiter Entertainment. So they do like Fatal Attraction. They do Snaps, For My Man. Bro, they've done hundreds of shows in that genre. So they're systematic, but a lot of times it's more intimate sets. A lot of times it's more guerrilla shooting. A lot of times it's more, yo, let's roll our sleeves up and get this motherfucker done. You know what I mean? Got you. So it was totally a different bracket, man. It was dope. Great experience. So for one episode, what is a shoot? What is a shooting course like for one episode? Does uh, it span in a day, couple of days, a week? Of ATL Homicide? ATL Homicide or Law and Order? Law and Order. Law and Order is crazy, man. It could do like... An episode could take like a week or so. Okay. Um, with ATL Homicide, we gotten it to a point... You know, we've done different things throughout different seasons, especially having to adjust for COVID. That was crazy. Excuse me. But, um... Nah, we got it to the point where we were doing two episodes in a week. But there's two facets to every episode. There's a documentary style. When everybody's sitting down like this and talking about the case, talking about the, the homicide, relating their experience to it. And then the other side is where we act it out. So the acting it outside, that, we've done two episodes in a week. So mm. it moves, boy. It, it moves. moves. It okay. moves. But they also have a machine. They're systematic. They know exactly what we're looking for. We're four seasons in at this point. So there's not a lot of questions when we get to set. The only question is, what can we do different? Gotcha. Especially the camera crew. Big shout out to Christopher Mitchell, Chris Trainer, everybody this, over and there, And this man. is on TV One, correct? This is on TV yes. One. Yeah, it's on TV One. You can also catch it on Philo TV, P-H-I-L-O. It's a, another app where you can get live TV streaming, but you can also get stuff on demand. And through Philo, it's on Apple TV now. Got you. So what was that thing or person that made you say, you know what, I need to and I want to get into acting? I ain't gonna lie, it was God. Like, it was a totally, like, a direct download. It was actually kind of like a whole crazy experience. Like, I, it was not in my game plan at all. Mm, at all. Okay, okay. At all. Like, I was ending a chapter of my life that had to do with the military I was in the workforce, I was doing reserves, I was doing real estate, and I was in the workforce for like uh, retail, like rim and tire, like rim time and renter, renter wheel, that kind of life. And it was crushing, like it's so crushing work, but I thought I was pipping it to get myself to a certain point where I could be on like some real estate mogul time. That was not happening. Gotcha. That was not happening <laughs> at all. Like I, I was in a situation where I was behind on the scoreboard, like 20, 30 points down. That's kind of what I was born into. Like, um, growing up in Miami, it was like my experience was crazy. Like, at times, me and my mom were hella homeless. At times, me and my mom were hella up. Um, so even when we were down, she was such a big part of the activist community and helping open homeless shelters, helping different organizations get money. So when we were down, it was never hard for us to come back up, but it was just a cycle. So I normalized that growing up, so I never really had a leg up. I was always like 20 or 30 points down on the scoreboard. And even when I was doing flashy shit, like 360 windmill yeah. dunk from the free throw line, like, <laughs> yeah. it's like, oh, that yeah. shit's cool. But the other team was like, look at the scoreboard, bro. Like, calm down. Like, you're still 20 points down. So my mind, yeah. I thought I was getting up, but I could never quite get up. So all that shit crashed and burned. It crashed and burned around summer of 2015. 
and I find myself back in a situation where I was like, all right, let me go into my emergency bag, my parachute plan, which was always I can go back active duty into the military. Mm -hmm. I know I can do that. It may take some months or some paperwork because that's kind of what the military is about. Like, military invented paperwork. So I was like, I'll be able to go back, re-up, get right. Um, and it was taking some time. I had to lose a little weight because I gained mad weight, fuck around with retail and just eating whatever I could eat and not sleeping, not living right. But once I was, I was getting that plan activated, I had to go back home to Jacksonville, Florida because uh, my pop, Bud, he had like a, a medical emergency, a heart emergency. So that rerouted me back home and I just started getting this messaging from God like, yeah, you're not finna join the military. You're about to be an actor. And it was just getting like creepy to the point where like, I was just getting messages from people that are like meant to deliver a message, like you might call a medium or so whatever the case may be. I was also just getting like, you know when God's waving a flag in front of you and you can't ignore it? 100%. Bro, one time, bro, I was, like before I went back to Jacksonville, I was in Charleston, um, just trying to be close to my daughter, doing different, like mad stuff just to like, because I come from it, so the grind ain't nothing crazy to me. So I, I ain't never been one to like, I can go donate some blood, go work at the labor pool, I got a job at the polo at the outlets for a little second. Like, just I'm like, all right, let me just do some stuff, whatever I can stack real quick, because my military plan was already back in motion. I had already called a recruiter. I was getting back in it. I was uh, headed to the outlets, like, just in a funk. Like, like my mom had just passed a year or so before that. It was a lot going on that I was processing. And I was asking myself how I got to this position on some rock bottom shit. Like, the questions you hope you ask yourself when you in a rock bottom, ego death kind of situation. And I'm headed there, and I ain't looking like nothing. You know what I'm saying? That's not even a priority. That's not a focus. Got like, you. Yeah. Niggas looking bummy to be to keep it 100. And at that point, the messaging was already coming to me, but I was completely ignoring it. Got you. So I, I know I seen you on social media. You post about your, your mother a yeah. lot. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. How are the conversations, if you were able to have them, about acting and your passion for acting? How do you mean? Were you and her able to have like conversations? And nah, she she had passed before okay. I got any of that messaging. She gotcha. really did. Okay. So when I was getting certain messaging, it was coming from her voice or her steez or like like family that was having you know that spiritual and they're connected 100%, and they're having yeah. dreams. They're hitting me and they're talking to me in a tone or words that she would use, phrases that she would use. So I'm like, I can't even ignore this. Um, so man, it just kept coming to me to a point where like even when like. One time I was headed to the outlets, headed to Polo at Tanger Outlets in Charleston, and this little kid's like devouring this like great, the cookie right there, Great American Cookie. And he just spots me and he points me. He's like, Mommy, that's him. That's him. That's him from the TV. That's him from the movies yeah, and shit. Yeah, that's dope. I was that's like, dope. What? Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> so it just became a message that I couldn't ignore no more. So once I finally like caved into it, once I finally had to like come to Jesus moment, I was like, All right, I'm going to trust you with this. But if I'm going to trust you with this, it's got to be done my way. It's got to be like, squad or die it's got to be i can't be on no like 100 holly weird like no disrespect i don't even want to get into all that weirdness but like it's got to be done my way yeah, with integrity 100%. and god well, answered back and god that, was yeah. like god was like yeah that's why we want you we want, <laughs> that's part of why you need to do this to show that it can be done that way type thing and uh it's been a journey that's what's up <laughs> which one role do you feel like you you absolutely want to get done harry belafonte mm. speak to it speak to it what about that role makes you want to embody that and put that out for the people to see? Everything. Everything about who he is and what he represents. He's never been afraid to ruffle feathers in the name of, like, humanity, in the name of civil rights. 
in the name of leaving this place better than we found it. Um, this was somebody who was the biggest celebrity in the world at one point. Mm -hmm. The biggest celebrity in the world, black or white. This is Harry Belafonte in the 50s and the 60s. Sold a million records before anybody else sold a million records. Oof. Before the world even got a, a sniff of Elvis or the Beatles or any of that. Mm. It was Mr. Belafonte. When the Beatles met Harry Belafonte, it was Mr. Belafonte. Got you. You know what I mean? Uh, there was no platinum before him. He created that whole vibe. And at the same time, became a huge matinee star. So we got Sidney Portier and Harry Belafonte on top of the world of the entertainment game. And it's the 60s and the 50s, so they have a huge, they feel a huge obligation to push for black culture, mm -hmm. to not take certain roles because of how it could portray black people, to not put up with certain stuff when Harry Belafonte is performing in Vegas and they're telling him, you can't stay at this hotel. Your band can't stay gotcha. at this hotel. Yeah. You can't swim in this pool. Mm -hmm. And Mr. Belafonte had a backing that was affiliated. They were connected. So he could call some of the, the toughest gangsters in the world and they'd be like, oh, Harry Belafonte has a problem. Let's handle it. You know what I mean? And once he became affiliated with Martin Luther King, that's a whole nother type of gangster. You know what I mean? And he, he was just at the center of so much. Like, <laughs> if I can get into I get into this podcast, I'd be talking yeah, for like yeah, two yeah, hours. No, no, so that's I why you. I want to make a, a TV show. My goal is to make a TV show about his life. That's what's well, up. I'm able to produce it and portray him. So I'm, I'm reaching out as we speak. Like, we're trying to get... The pitch deck finalized before I run run up on y'all. I want to make sure everything is great. It ain't never going to be perfect, so I got to get it my own way. But I would appreciate the blessing of the Belafonte family, the Belafonte estate. This gentleman is going on 95 years old, so I'm moving with a sense of urgency. So I'm putting it out there into the universe. I'm putting it in God's hands. You're going you're gonna to hear from us soon. You're going to hear from myself and Pretty Fly Society very soon. You hear me? Got you. So what, what advice would you give to somebody upcoming in acting? Three main things that you would advise that want to take the same route as you as, far, as regards to acting. Man, all the corny stuff you hear, man, because it's real. All the cheesy, like the perseverance. Like, don't quit. Don't quit. I can't tell you how many people were about to quit and then they got their blessing. I can't tell you how many people quit right before they probably would have got that blessing had they not quit. And that would be first and foremost. Secondly, keep your eyes on God, man. Keep your eyes on, like, whatever's moving you, whether it's God, Allah, Buddha, Jehovah, Oprah Winfrey, whatever you into, bro. Like, make sure you, like, <laughs> solid on that. Because we, as creatives, as entertainers, as humans, first of all, as humans, we tend to, like, glance at, like, what's next to us. Like, when we run in our sprint, we glance and we think of the competition over there or obstacles or whatever's going on. But it ain't that, man. Keep your eyes forward, bro, because what's for you is for you, and no one can take that from you. You can ask any creator, any entertainer, any artist, any entrepreneur that when they got a no, it led them to another no, and then led them to another no, and then another no, and then led them to that yes. But if they hadn't got those six or seven no's, they wouldn't even been in the room or got introduced to the person that led to that one yes. That really sucked off for them. And then they got another 20,000 no's till they got to the next yes, which changed everything for them. But that yes was for you. And them no's was for you too. But just pay attention, bro. Pay attention to how God bring everything together, how the universe really just move you through the whole puzzle, the maze, as they say. Got you. So I, I got to ask you the same question I asked JT because being that y'all are the, you know, the top two running this thing and keeping the engine running, what lesson are you learning at each stop of Boutique Fashion Week? Like when you walk away from New York Fashion Week, what's one of the lessons that you take away from this experience or a previous one? What we're capable of. We always learn more about what we're capable of um, and we always hone in on that and focus on that. 
and then push that and elevate that. Like, we both come from upbringings, and we're now, at this point, we're fortunate enough to be surrounded by people that relate to our frequency, but it's always about pushing yourself. 100%. Me being a college athlete, you know, military, working with the Marines, like, it was always about how much more can you do responsibly, you know what I mean? But you leave it all on the field. Like, we come from the Black Mamba school of thought, where it's like, if you have something left when you left the court, did you really do right on the court? You know what I mean? Yes. So we learned that from Vegas. When we do Houston, when we do Atlanta, every volume, this is volume six. Volume six. Which is crazy. Every volume we learn something more about what we're capable of, what our team is capable of, and we hone in on that, and then we push that for the next one. Yeah, man. Got you. So what is something that you love to do just to get away from outside of this sometimes that kind of like keeps you grounded, like a hobby of yours or a passion? Is there something else outside of this or – or is Man, this so, so much of it goes into what I'm doing. Like so much of, I just pull from everything to use for what I'm doing. Like sometimes I hear, I heard Kobe speak on that. He was like, if I could just become as wise and as strong and as best me as possible, I can take everything I learned about life and put it into basketball. And he did. And that's how he was a student of the game and then a master of the game. Because it was like, even if you're watching a movie about something that got nothing to do with basketball, it's still talking about his adversity in basketball, what he can do on the court, how he can push himself and others, and leadership, you know what I mean? So I ain't going to lie, a lot of times I'm still in it. Like I'm still I'm watching stuff that I may not ever be interested in personally because it doesn't vibe with me, but I'm watching it because of how they shot it, how they wrote it. You know, I'm a student of the craft, and I didn't start acting until I was like 26, you know what I mean? So a lot of my peers in this world, They've been acting, writing, directing since they were young or they went to school for it or it was in them from an early point. So for me, I'm always soaking up game. I'm always catching up. You know what I mean? And even with Pretty Flat Society, like I take everything I can about life. And so even if I'm sitting down reading GQ magazine or even if I'm reading blogs that I just read while I'm chilling on the toilet or on the way to the gym or something, you know what I mean? It still got something to do with what I'm doing. You know what I mean? Got you, got you. When it's all said and done, where are three people, or who are the three people that you want to make the proudest? Oh, man. That's definitely going to start with my mama up in heaven, Inez Diaz Owen. R.I.P. to her. Yeah, bro. She was such a, such a beast, such a huge energy, such a presence in so many people's lives. Like, to this day, every time I say her name in an interview, people come forward and be like, no, I knew that lady. I met she <laughs> Like, she helped change my life. She helped yeah. me get a grant to buy a home when I was homeless. She Very helped me do dope. this, that, and the third. Um, my grandfather up in heaven, Angel Diaz, um, heck of a life. Had to make some very tough decisions growing up as a man, as a father, as a grandfather about uh, where he was going to go. He had to trust the CIA. He had to trust just different organizations and communities to get to where he was, and he made a huge difference with it. He did a lot in Miami. He helped open schools, helped open Jose Marti Park. He helped distribute funds throughout the community that wouldn't have got those funds if he weren't able to do what he did behind the scenes. Um, and my pop, my pop Bud, man, down in Jacksonville, Florida. He don't really do too much of this, but I do whatever I can and shout him out whenever I can. That's but he took up. me in at a, like 15. Right? He was a mentor to me, but my mom was getting sick. My mom was going through a lot. And uh, he stepped up in a major way and showed me unconditional love that I had never experienced outside of my own blood family. Got yeah. you. Got you, man. So let the people know where they can find you at, man. You can't. You hear me? You can't, man. <laughs> Cut the TV on and cross your fingers type shit. Nah. <laughs> nah, man. I'm Angelo Diaz. You type that shit in, you'll see some interesting pop up. Um, Cuba, 
Cuba the God, G A W D. That's Instagram, Cuba God on, on Twitter. No disrespect to the original God, but we all have a piece of the Creator within us, and 100%. I was instructed to help deliver that message in a respectful way to the big G, to the big God. But just to let you know, you were created in His image, and uh, you got a piece of that with you. So everywhere you go, you're creating your reality with you. So if you're into that type of jazz, then check me out on social media. I don't really do too much craziness on there. It's mainly just promoting what we doing, what the squad doing, people I believe in. It's mainly that, man. And I actually want to tell you congratulations, um, you and JT knocking out that ABC interview the I other day. I appreciate it, man. First of all, congrats to y'all, nigga. <laughs> First of all, man, you motherfuckers buy, I don't want to get all in your business, but you buying black magics. You guys have been <laughs> serious about it. So to see it grow from where y'all were at four or five years ago to where it is now, shout that, out to man. Do Work Media. Y'all don't know, me and Digital Dash go way back, you hear me? Way back. Yes, Shit's sir. Real, you know what I mean? So it's really dope to see y'all where y'all at. And we appreciate the energy. Y'all getting on the road with us and fucking with us in this way. It means everything to us, bro. It's amazing. Appreciate that, you man. I mean? And I'm glad that I could be here with you and JT. Sure. Everybody around here. I met some dope people, connected <laughs> with some dope people. I'm glad Back. that y'all was able to bless me with this opportunity, man. I really am grateful. Same, bro. Day, and bro. I wish you bro. nothing but success, my brother. All Sky day. is the limit, my boy. Sky is the limit. My G, so this is it. Michael from We're Just a Message podcast with this special one-on-one interview with Angelo Diaz. Don't get mad. We just a message. We just delivering the message. Ain't yes, on fault, sir. Bro. For real. <laughs> and we out.